And here's what I want to ask you. What is holding you back? What is the thing that's holding you back from going after your dreams and from finding meaningful work you love? Aren't you ready to wake up to the possibilities that are in your life and go after the things you've dreamt of? It's time for you to feel alive again, lit up, and for you to know that you're deserving and you are worthy for the future that's waiting for you. I want you to feel fulfilled and find abundance in your life. I think it's time and I'm ready to help you get started. Now I'm your host, Kristen, of Building a Life You Love. And each week on the show, we're going to help you figure out how you do go after your dreams and find work you love. Here we go. Let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of Building a Life You Love. This is your host, Kristen. And today I want to talk about fitting in self-care and why that's so important in our weeks, actually our days. And then we're going to talk about what if you have to miss out on things, whether it's because of your schedule or because of your health or just the need for you to slow down, especially at this time of the year with the holidays and the obligations and the gifting kind of piling up on us. And so I'm going to share a part of the conversation I had with Shannon Clink. She is a happiness coach and she actually helps women with living with chronic illnesses, really try to um, embrace their lives. And we're going to talk about how we schedule our work and our priorities around our bandwidth, around our energy, instead of just around a, you know, structured, maybe traditional work week, you know, like a Monday through Friday, nine to five. So it's a great conversation. So I'm going to share part of that with you. This is the interview, the full interview originally released, I think it was this summer, but I think this time of year, this is some really good reminders for all of us. And I think you'll have lots of takeaways to take from it. So here we go. So can you tell us a little bit about how do we start being kinder to ourselves and kind of tamp down that inner critic? Are there certain things that we can start doing practices and things like that? Sure. So the first one that um, I talk about the three E's to sustainable self-care mm-hmm. and your self-care is totally different than my self-care. It's completely individual, yet it's also universal. And so I break it down into the three E's because the first E is your essentials. And this is the first thing that goes. We say, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough energy. I have to take care of the kids or my boss or whatever. Mm -hmm. And the essentials are generally the first to go. And the essentials for me look like um, some prayer meditation, my faith practice. Mm -hmm. They look like movement. And I say movement instead of exercise because I loathe exercise. (laughs) So um, it's movement. Uh, Water. Water is, I don't enjoy water either, um, but it is critical to my happiness. Mm -hmm. Uh, Girlfriend time, connections with my girlfriends is... Mm -hmm. Totally critical. So my self-care essentials, yeah. I pick two or three a week. That's all that are yeah. my focus. Because if I say this week, I'm just gonna make sure I get my 60 to 80 ounces of water five days a week, and I do 20 minutes of movement three days this week, and I nail that goal. What happens is my food becomes easier. I'm reaching out to girlfriends effortlessly. Some of the other essentials, it's called the snowball effect, mm-hmm. happen effortlessly. So only two or three. And this really comes out of so oftentimes people say, this week, I'm going to get it together. I'm going to do it all. 
that virtually never happens. So deciding what your self-care essentials are going to be, just two or three of them, your focus for this week. And then the um, extras, but regulars is what I call them. And the extras, but regulars, I literally put into my calendar every week. Now I don't always get to them every week, Mm -hmm. but if I put them in my calendar, I at least have a shot at getting to them. And so extras can look like everything from sure, a bubble bath, sure, 30 minutes. um, I love Hello Magazine, which is a British gossip magazine. And so 30 minutes with my Hello Magazine and a hot cup of coffee with no interruptions is totally an extra, but regular. So it doesn't have to cost money, but it can be a mani-pedi with a girlfriend or whatever. And then the third E are the extravagance. And a lot of times when we think of self-care, we only think of the extravagance. We think of a day at the spa. We think of a weekend with our girlfriends. We think of a nice dinner out. Um, and then we go, well, I don't have time for that or I don't have money for that. So therefore, I just don't need, I, I can't do self-care. Yeah. Um, and again, the extravagance, I put in my calendar once or twice a year. And I budget toward them and I save toward them and I plan toward them and they don't always happen. But if they're in my calendar, I at least have a shot at them happening. And the last thing I want to say, because that's all kind of outside stuff. And earlier I had said, there's both what's going on on the outside and what's going on on the inside. Mm -hmm. And the inside piece is I have a very specific practice of self-empathy. And have done a lot of work in uh, compassionate communication and turning that compassionate communication toward myself mm-hmm. and really being able to support myself in, because when you live with chronic illness, sometimes you do miss out on things. When you live with a chronic illness, sometimes your body just doesn't have the physical energy to do the things that you want to do. So how do you provide yourself some love and support in those moments? And this process of identifying my feelings, what are the underlying needs to those feelings? And then providing myself that spiritual love and support around the, I would say, divine essence of those needs. Yeah. Excuse me. Oh, that's so good. I mean, first of all, I am a hundred percent agreement with you that we do need to fit in those things. So like you said, connections with, you know, friends, having that, you know, conversation and all the things that you talked about. I love those three E's, but then let's talk, let's dig into about the feelings, right? So I think you, you often share an example about, um, you know, that something might go on, you know, or, or maybe you can't do something, but it's like, you get maybe what frustrated or something's coming up, but, but you're kind of saying just sit in our feeling, like feel what's really going on there. So can you tell us like, how would somebody start showing themselves that compassionate empathy, you know, in, in that practice? Sure. So one of the things about finally F and happy is that it is not about being sort of happy birthday, Pollyanna, happy all the time. Mm-hmm. Finally F and happy is about all emotions are welcome. All mm-hmm. of them, the yeah. sad ones, the angry ones, the hurt ones. And when I welcome them, that actually is my journey toward happiness. Mm-hmm. And so I'll use um, a small example, right? But this can be at a bigger level or whatever. So a small example might be that a bunch of girlfriends are getting together and all of a sudden I get slammed with a migraine headache 
or it's somebody's birthday and their birthday happens to be on the day that my infusion is scheduled. And I can't really change the dates of my infusions because, you know, there's medical providers involved and blah, blah, blah. And so there's definitely this feeling of missing out. Yeah. There can also be this feeling of, I am so sick and tired of being sick. Yeah. Right. It could also be, um, uh, see, see, I'll never really be a part of, I'm always going to be sort of the loner out here. Like nobody really understands. Right. Okay. So if I take any one of those emotions and another example that I'll give real quick is in regards to business. So for, before I was diagnosed, the story in my head for a long time was I can't ever really advance at my career because I don't have the energy. I just wasn't made with that energy. And so I can't go to work all day, come home, take care of my son. I was a single parent, truly doing it all on my own Mm -hmm. and take care of him, you know, run to sporting events, do homework, blah, 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 cook dinners, get the laundry done, pay the bills, and then do the things I needed to do to advance my career. And so that was a story that I told myself a lot too. And then I would get mad at society or mad at whatever, not so much on the outside, but definitely eating away on the inside. Okay. So if I take that feeling and I go, okay, what's the need? Mm -hmm. What need am I trying to fulfill underneath that feeling? So in the example with my girlfriends, it's a need for connection. It's a need to be a part of, right? Sometimes it's just a need for fun. I mean, we as grown, can-do, kick-ass women who are working and taking care of our families and showing up in our communities, I mean, life is serious. We all got so much on our plates. Let's have some fun. Sometimes it's just a need for fun. So that need to connect, that need to be a part of, that need for fun, Um, or in the business example, the need to be able to provide for my family spaciously, right? I want to say stress-freely, if that's even possible, if that's a word, right? Um, That need in and of itself is really beautiful, right? It's a precious thing, that desire to contribute and take care of my family, that desire for connection. And so once I've tapped into that need, Mm -hmm. then I have a little bit of a conversation with myself, Mm -hmm. which is, oh, Shan, I know this is so hard not getting to go have lunch when all the girls are getting together and you, I, you so want to be there. I know you do. And it is being sick sucks. I am so sorry that you're feeling so crappy and you can't show up. Is there another way we can foster that connection? Because now it's about the connection and not about the lunch. Right. Yeah, I love that. And then I can brainstorm either by myself or with a handful of girlfriends. Mm -hmm. What other strategies can I come up with to meet that need of connection or contribution or whatever it is? and find that, oh, then more of my needs are getting met. And that's been hugely important through coronavirus. So I have been super uber tightly quarantined. Um, We have gone nowhere. 
everything has been delivered to our house over the last year and a half. Um, I mean, super uber tightly quarantined. And yeah, there's been a lot of FOMO, particularly over the last couple of months as people have gotten their vaccinations and started going back out into the world and people getting together. And so really having to tap into that, the need of connection and what are creative alternative strategies that I can come up with um, to meet that need and also meet my need for health and safety around primary immunodeficiency. So that process of self-empathy. Now, sometimes I am in such a hole I need a girlfriend to help me with that. You can also have a professional help you with that. Mm -hmm. And knowing when to reach out for that help and knowing that you have a community, that you fostered a community to be that raw with in those moments. Um, So I can do it for myself, but I can also do it in community. Yeah. What I love about that is, you know, the, the examples, first of all, kind of help illustrate for people that maybe haven't been doing that, you know, for themselves. They haven't been as kind as you've learned to start being with yourself and say, hold on, what's going on here? And like you said, how do I give myself some of what I need, you know, in this experience or this feeling? So I love that you share those examples, but I also love that it's a practice, right? So the more we start saying, okay, well, I've never done that before. I mean, if someone says I've never done that before, right? Well, it's okay. It's probably hard at first, right? To kind of say, what am I really feeling here to take the time to listen to what you're, you know, you're, yourself is telling your, you know, or what you're telling yourself. And then to spend a little time trying to, like you said, come up with creative options for whatever the circumstances you're in. So I love that. And I hope people will, you know, try to take a little more time to really get honest with their feelings. And like you said, what's behind the need, or I'm sorry, what's behind the feeling? What's the need behind the feeling? So I think that's so important for people to understand that, you know, these things don't just, you know, like you said, just because you're having FOMO or, you have to miss things. That's okay. You know, everyone gets it. And especially if you're you know, going through, like you said, treatment or pain, but to know that we can, we can try to fill some of those voids with other options, I think is, is really important that you have, you've shifted the mindset and you help other people kind of see that, you know, that we can fill these needs that we have. So I think that's so important. What about, so tell me a little bit about, I know you talk about this and I know you've had a podcast episode about the sacred pause, when we have to slow down or when we need to slow down. So can you talk to us a little bit about what that looks like and the importance of it? Sure. Yeah. I am a big fan of the sacred pause and, um, you know, we can't always control as we know all the things that are going on around us, Mm -hmm. but I can always choose what lens I am going to look at all that's going on around me through. So I can choose which lens I want to look at it through. I always have a choice in that. Sometimes I need some help to pick up a more nourishing, compassionate, useful lens. Um, But I can choose whatever that lens is going to be. And so when it comes to the sacred pause, the sacred pause can be either I'm making a choice to slow down. Hmm. And for example, this week on my calendar, Monday through Friday, I literally wrote, I scheduled, schedule nothing. Yep. <laughs> I scheduled, schedule yes. nothing. I've started doing that more. <laughs> right. 
I have been um, away and just sort of disconnected for pretty much the month of July and knew I needed this week to reset, realign, re-engage. And it's my responsibility to make that time. Now, I still need to um, get everyone fed and do the groceries and all of those things as well. But when I create this time on my calendar, that is part of my choice of creating a sacred pause. Mm-hmm. And then do I actually use that time right. in some kind of sacred spirit? And I'm not talking religious at all, yeah. but things that nourish my soul. And one of um, the big things about Finally F and Happy is that you know what works for you. You may be a, you know, Joe Dispenza, Abraham Hicks, law of attraction. You might be into Christian contemplative meditation. You might be a Buddhist meditator, mindfulness, emotional freedom technique, tapping, like whatever your thing is, we all know what works for us. We know what works for us in terms of exercise. We know what works for us in terms of food. It's not about necessarily learning one more technique. It's about doing the techniques we already know, right? And so this place of, so I'm going to, I'm going to prioritize which of those techniques during the sacred pause Mm -hmm. I am going to focus on and I make a decision. So like for this week, I've made a decision to really just do a little bit of emotional freedom technique or tapping every day. So it's not what do I feel like doing today? What books? Oh, I love this book by Martha Beck. And I love this book by the, which book should I read? Oh, I've made a commitment. That's what I'm going to do just for this week. Not for forever. Not for the rest of my life. Just for right now. So how am I infusing that in when I am scheduling that time? Alternatively, those of us with chronic conditions, I can do everything quote unquote right. I can eat right. I can sleep right. I can get all my water. I can, right. And I can still get flattened for a day, for a week. It's just part of the gig, part of the deal. Right. And so normally when that happens, the first day, I don't know, hours, I usually get pretty frustrated because I don't want to be down for the count. I got life to live. I got people to love on. I got stuff to do. (laughs) (laughs) And so then it's like, oh, this is happening. This is happening. Mm -hmm. And this is where I get to choose which lens I want to look at it through. And do I want to choose the sacred lens to look at it through? And how can I choose this time to infuse it? with something that is nourishing, compassionate, fulfilling. I have a particular prayer that I say, and the prayer sounds something like this, you know, divine universe, wisdom, whatever is out there in the world. I offer this to you to build with and to do with as you will. Relieve me of the bondage of trying to figure it out so that I can better do whatever it is I'm supposed to be doing with this wave of illness and take away my difficulties, both internal and external. You take away my difficulties and I promise I'll share it with somebody else if it can be helpful. Right? So it's this, how how can I even be of service with this crap? I don't know if I can swear on your podcast, (laughs) but (laughs) 
Um, I would use a more expletive word because it certainly feels more expletive in the moment. Mm -hmm. And it takes the bite out of it. Yeah. It doesn't make it go away. It doesn't make it all better in an instant, but it takes the bite out of it. And when I take the bite out of it, I heal faster. I recuperate faster. Mm, Yeah, well, absolutely. One, you're kind of saying your truth, right? That feeling you're feeling. And then you're, you're releasing it. Right. I mean, you're, you know, so I think that's really good. And that's, that's important. I will say, I I did read one thing about the sacred pause that you sort of note that we didn't talk about yet, which is, can you talk to us a little bit about, we need to start scheduling our time based on our energy and the bandwidth we have instead of our time, which most of us are used to doing, right? We look at a calendar and it's blocked by hour. (laughs) So how do we, how do we try to position ourselves so that we can move more into that? Sure. I am all about helping people manage their bandwidth, rather their time. And the work that I do with people, it takes some time to identify what your bandwidth is Mm -hmm. and then to embrace that. Because most of us say, but I want to be able to manage it by my time, by the hour blocks on that calendar. Mm -hmm. And okay, well, if you want to do that, that's great. How's that working for you? How's it, how's it, where's the proof in the pudding, right? And if it's not working, why are we still using it? Right. Because I want to, right? Right. And so first identifying what your bandwidth is and your bandwidth can be um, seasonal. It can be monthly. Um, I think this is really important for women's cycles as well. Um, And just being honest about it, being really honest about it. So for example, for me, I get uh, an IgG infusion every two weeks, which means that the day of my infusion is a wash. And so the day of my IgG infusion is essentially a wash. Mm -hmm. And then the day after my IgG infusion is always a question mark. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the day after my IgG infusion is like nothing happened. Mm -hmm. It's great. I can do my regular routine. Mm-hmm. Some days after my IgG infusion, I sleep all day and I can't predict it. I really can't predict it. Yeah. And so scheduling my life, knowing that. Right. But also my day, I'm best in the morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By two or three o'clock in the afternoon, I'm pretty done. Yep. So how I schedule things I schedule knowing what my bandwidth and my energy is. Now, I can't always do it perfectly. Right. That's okay. Yeah. But I also know, like, I only schedule one big thing a day if I can. Mm-hmm. And even working full time, when I had wasn't working for myself and yeah. I would try and schedule one big thing a day if I could. Now, obviously, in a work environment, that's not always possible, right? but it allowed me to manage my bandwidth so I wasn't just completely physically or mentally exhausted. Yeah. So before I was properly diagnosed and I was going to work every day, I literally went and slept in my car in the afternoon almost every day. Yeah. Before I learned how to manage my bandwidth, because I just, I just, I just didn't have it. Right. 
And I thought, what's wrong with me? Nobody else is going to their car to sleep every afternoon. And there must be something wrong with me. No, there was nothing wrong with me. Um, It just managing hour to hour wasn't working for me. Right. Yeah. No, I think it's an important topic that not enough people talk about. You know, I think more people that work for themselves start maybe feeling or seeing some of that you know, that flow of the energy and how you're feeling and when you feel like you have, you know, the most ability and energy. But I think it's something important to, to mention to people because I'm with you as I'm, you know, back doing my thing full time again, I'm having to really like certain weeks will be so crazy that I have so many interviews booked up that now I've had to say, oh, I'm not just blocking off Fridays. Now I'm blocking off Mondays too. And now I'm blocking off this other part day from any interviews, right? So I'm trying to say, oh, no, I need to really manage my time better. Because like you said, you know, if you do, I mean, I've had days where I've had seven back to back. That's eight hours of Zoom calls. It's a lot, right? And then no wonder I'm exhausted the next day, right? Like that day was fine. It's the next day, right? That I'm like, oh, my goodness. So I've started to have to, you know, just keep looking at my schedule and say, okay, hold on. I need it to be different. Or like you said, on one day a week, I'm fine to do interviews into the later time, you know, day. But the other days, like you said, I need to go take a break from sitting at my computer some days and go do other things I need to take care of, you know, so I'm, but I'm building those in so that I don't end up letting other people set my schedule for me, right? On my Well, I think that's a really important piece. Yeah. Is that the essentials, Mm -hmm. taking the time to identify what are your essentials. Yes. And then I book those in my calendar. Absolutely. I do too. Oh, I think this conversation that I had this summer with Shannon was so good. I wanted to share part of it again today because I think the takeaways, which are we really do need to schedule in that self-care. We shouldn't be so hard on ourselves as far as picking just a few that are really the big priorities. Maybe try to set a little bit of a lower bar for the major thing or few things we get done each day. If we get more done, that's amazing. But, you know, what are sort of the most important things we need to accomplish? Are we fitting in time for our connections and conversation and recharging? And then what does our work, um, you know, in personal life look like? If we're exhausted and we're burning the candle at both ends, can we restructure some of our work to really fit in with when we have our most energy in the day and in the week and in the month? I know I've been moving more towards that each month. I'm sort of readjusting my schedule. So I have more space for just having quiet work or fitting in unexpected things or taking a break. And then lastly, are we understanding when we miss things or when things you know are happening to us? What is it that we're missing out on and what is the feeling we're getting and what's the need behind it and how else might we fulfill that need? And I think this is a really important thing because I have so many friends walking through hard things right now, you know, in their, in their lives, whether it's in their personal life or their extended family, but, you know, illnesses and heartbreak, you know, it could be deaths. There's a lot going on. So there's a lot to unpack there. And I think if we really take this conversation to heart, there's so much that we could start applying to our own lives if we're not. So I would just say to you. Slow down so you can enjoy the season and the people you care about. Maybe, you know, block off more time in your schedule and don't feel like you have to fit everything in. So here's to a slower, more beautiful holiday season. Once again, thanks for listening to the podcast. And if you enjoyed the podcast, 
We would love it if you could leave a review on Apple Podcasts because that helps us get discovered by more people. We'd also love your feedback. So email me at Kristen at KristenFitch.com or DM me on Instagram. I'm at Kristen Fitch. And let me know what ideas or ideas for shows or for guests that you have. I would love to hear from you. Also, if you're interested in getting moving and starting something new, I have a a course coming up in January, but I will be pre-registering people for Cyber Monday and I'll have great sales. So check out kristenfitch.com for lots of great and exciting things coming up. Thanks again.